0: Welcome back to another episode of the Nate Knows Ball Podcast. I got Coach Ethan Festein on the show to break this one down with me. We got a pretty big week. First round of the NBA playoffs wrapping up. First round of the NFL draft happened last night. So a lot to discuss. I think we'll start with the NBA. And no better place to start with probably the most surprising series of the playoffs <laughs> with the Miami Heat knocking off the Milwaukee Bucks 4-1. to Coach, is this something you saw coming?
1: Well, I remember when you texted the other day in one of our chats saying Giannis at is still plus one fifteen? I'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about sports betting on this, but I'm gonna anyway sure, it's to legal, win the series. That, Feel free. And that, and then I said Jimmy buckets, and that that's all that needed to be said. I mean, that team is just gritty, and we've known it. So, it was quite the shock. Not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, for me, I was I was surprised. Like you said, I thought Milwaukee was going to come back, just because especially in that game four, when Miami did take that 3-1 lead, it felt like it took everything from Jimmy Beller and the Heat to pull off that game. And like, Giannis was back in the lineup. Felt like Bucks would be able to turn the corner, and it was kind of just a disaster mm-hmm. in game five. I mean, they had the game for most of it, pretty much in their control. I mean, not that they were dominating the Heat, but they had a fairly comfortable lead for a lot of the game and they kind of just fell apart down the stretch i mean you could blame their players you could blame uh coach bud for not using their timeouts but overall Giannis is
1: back too all that yeah i
0: mean i think i don't know Giannis is back is another interesting element because i feel like yeah he missed what two games technically two and a half mm-hmm. well he played in half the games and if you're the one seed, that's not really an excuse yeah. I mean Miami yep. had no no you remember, either.
1: Yeah, that's true. Do you remember what the score was of the Bulls game? Bulls versus Heat to get to that eight seed? I, uh, I don't remember. I'm just asking. It was
0: close. Remote I mean they, they didn't kill us, I don't think. I think it was relatively because
1: close. I was just thinking, like, if it's Bulls versus Bucks, uh Heat ended up winning by eleven. If it was Bulls versus Bucks, that series is such a blowout. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls get swept. I
0: I don't know. They maybe win one game. And, like, I think honestly, It's just just weird because I thought Milwaukee was the best team in the East. I mean, I think most people Mm -hmm. did. And they kind of seemed like they had a roster. I mean, obviously, Giannis getting hurt is bad for But, like, you felt like they sort of had the roster that could sustain an injury and still at least get past Miami. I mean, I think... I don't know anyone that had him not beating Miami and then not beating Cleveland or the Knicks in the next round. Like I think they're pretty much felt like a shoot in for the Eastern Conference finals.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And it, it's like even more surprising, like you said, heroes out and they still couldn't even beat him. Like people just stepped up on that Miami team. And I feel like they've always found those like random guys, like the Max Drews' or like um, Gabe Vincents of the NBA. Duncan Robinson kind of been good playing again. Yeah, that's true, which is just weird, <laughs>
0: but, uh, I mean, <laughs> you got his money, so you can't feel bad for the guy, but good, good for him. You've seen no, the court again. Can. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it was quite impressive. I saw a stat that Jimmy shot over 50% against every single player on that Bucks team. So it didn't yeah. matter like who you put against him. Like, he was just getting his enthusiasm. Yeah, I mean, series. literally
0: no one could stop him. I mean, you, you see the videos of him like yelling at Drew Holiday from the, from the last game. Yeah, that was funny. And like, Drew Holiday yeah. is like arguably the best perimeter defender in the league from this past year. And like, if he was doing that to him, like, he was just in his own world. Like, I think I saw some stat too. It was the best. His game four was the best game ever by a Miami Heat player. Like, by I don't remember mm-hmm. what the metric was, but like, Significantly better than any performance LeBron had in Miami, which is crazy. Yeah, and that was probably prime I, too. I believe
1: it. Yeah, I believe it completely. I mean, it was just crazy to watch. I don't know if you were watching when we were texting about it, but um, I saw. I watched that, the end of the game, but yeah, it it was a wild fourth quarter and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think they have a good chance to make a little run at it, given nope. that. Um, New York is not the strongest. Um, and then Boston and Philly is going to be a grind out series, you know? So I am going to say, what do you think? You never know. What's the
0: ceiling for this Miami team?
1: I took them as somewhat of a long shot to win the NBA finals. I mean, I think they could easily make it. I think they are a better team than the Knicks for sure. Even though the Knicks are, do look really good right now. I just don't think they, um, they have the experience or like really the Jimmy Butler of that team to make it to that next step in the finals and Boston did not look good yesterday, even though they won by maybe eight, I think it was, um, they struggled against Atlanta and yeah. And then Philly um, that team is going to put everything they have against Boston to make it out of the round so whoever makes it out of that round is going to be very exhausted at the end so
0: I yeah I mean I think for me I think Miami I think you can't at this point you can't say they couldn't <laughs> win a championship I mean I feel like that mm-hmm. they don't have a ceiling at this point I mean they took down who most people thought were the favorite to win the whole thing and yeah they had the injuries yep. whatever but like they beat them with their best you know, players playing most of the games. so I think the ceiling has to be a championship, but I'm worried about the lack of depth with no hero, and I don't know. I mean, not that their their bench is relatively weak, especially with no hero. I mean, obviously their starters are still pretty good. I mean, Lowry's been playing good, but no Depot either. I mean, they just don't have that many role players, and I'm worried that they play a team like even the Knicks, who are a pretty deep team when it comes to like solid role players, but then Philly or Boston. I just don't know how well they're going to match up for another seven game series, but Jimmy did it yeah. once. You can do it again, you know?
1: Yeah, I know. I, I mean, they, from what I see, if if they don't go the Brooklyn route of doubling um, Joel every game, if it comes to that, they're going to get crushed in that series. I, Cause like Bam can't guard him straight up. And then who else is there? Kevin Love, Kevin Love's not guarding him.
0: Yeah. They don't really have um, anyone to guard him. But no, no one does either, so. That's true,
1: um. But, yeah, I mean, I I like a different note. I was quite disappointed with Cleveland. I'm not going to lie. I thought they were going to be better.
0: Yeah, I mean, Cleveland is a weird them. team because, like, I felt like a lot of people, and myself included, thought like, on paper they were the much better team than the Knicks, and they even felt like a team that kind of could have been like the fun, like sort of underdog team that like. Obviously, like, if you said Milwaukee, Philly, Boston were going to make the finals, I don't think anyone would have been that surprised. But, like, Cleveland was a team that I felt like a lot of people thought, with Donovan Mitchell, with everything they built this year, like, maybe could upset the Bucs. I mean, obviously, no one thought Miami was going to do it, but, like, people thought maybe the Cavs could pull it off. I mean, they got Jared Allen, Evan Moby, like, two bigs that could step up and guard Giannis, but they looked horrible. Like, they looked, like... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> even like with the Nets who got swept, well, the only team that got swept, like in my opinion, Cleveland by far the most disappointing team in these playoffs so far.
1: Yeah, the the lights were too bright for them, as Jared Allen put put it. Um, but yeah, like their guard, they what got was... outplayed by Jalen Brunson and Co. And... Brunson's legit. I mean, I, I think
0: know. that's he's legit. That's for certain at this point. You can't. You can't take that away from him. He's a legit all-star level NBA guard at this point in his career. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. What do you think happens if they, on a, on a completely different note, what do you think happens if the Mavs decide to pay him? Do you think they're a playoff team and make a run this year with Bronson's development? Or do you think Bronson doesn't develop as well?
0: It's a good question. I'm not sure if becomes. comes. I don't know if he makes the all-star jump. I mean, I think obviously he's still continuing mm-hmm. to develop, but. Obviously, a lot of that comes with more opportunity, and I think being the true point guard for the Knicks was obviously a big step into that. But I do think Dallas has much improved with Brunson still in the roster. I mean, obviously, they traded for Kyrie. They probably don't trade for Kyrie if they have Brunson. But also, at the same time, they lost Brunson for nothing. Like He walked in free agency, so they didn't get anything in return yep. for him. So whether that's Kyrie or all the other role players they got back or a different trade that they pursue, I think Dallas is a much better team. And I also think with Kyrie, I think the easy thing to blame was, oh, like they had Kyrie and whatever, he has all his problems, and that's why they are bad. But I think the real problem was they had no other good players in Luka nor Kyrie really chose to play any defense. So it's like you don't have any role players that can score. Kristen Wood was a liability on both ends, and you don't have any guards that can defend anyone and that's just not as good as luca is and as good as kyrie is it was just never a recipe for success
1: yeah you can't have an offensive firepower team and win in this league anymore you need to have some good defense and really be able to stop a team from scoring as proven with atlanta like they couldn't stop jason tatum and brown in that last game and yeah and i think they just
0: couldn't win just to go back to cleveland for a second i think that's one of their main flaws which I'll ask in a second if you, what you think they need to address in the offseason, but Garland and Mitchell don't really. They're both short. I mean, Garland's, what, 6'3"? know, Mitchell's, like, 6'2", even shorter, I believe. Like, they couldn't guard anyone. They couldn't guard Brunson. They couldn't guard R.J. Barry. Like, they couldn't guard anyone on New York. And I think one of the main problems I saw with Cleveland is just they don't really have that many players that can play both ways. I mean, Mitchell and Garland pretty much only play offense. I mean, they're both live... Mm-hmm. Net- net rating, negative defenders, and then Mobley couldn't really, was did not have a good series, uh, and Jared Allen does not add much other than just the big lob threat on offense, and then their wing position was just filled by nobody, so I mean, Okora was pretty bad, um, yeah, Teddy Osman, not the answer, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're one of the shallowest rosters, I think, and I think when you have players that only play on one end, that's what came back to bite them in the playoffs. And obviously during the regular season, when it's not as intense, you can maybe get by with that. But I think there's major flaws in this Cleveland roster. I was wondering what you thought. What do you think their number one priority should be in the off season to address? Yeah, I mean, they
1: definitely don't have any picks left right now because they probably traded them all for. Spidey. Yeah, I think they're all gone. And... Yeah. And so with that, they can't like address that need for defense in the draft or like a young player to develop, which they already have a ton of. So getting that like vet defensive presence at both the guard and the wing spot would be quite helpful for them, especially like coming down in these late stretches in the games, like when they need a stop and Mitchell and Garland like can't give it to them. Because it really all depends on your point guard play nowadays, besides if you're Giannis or LeBron or whatever. And like um, being able to stop a point guard is so crucial in the NBA to having success.
0: Yeah, I mean, they definitely have the guard play. It's just, I don't know. My, I worry about the two big things, too. I mean, obviously, it worked in the regular season, but there's a reason you see very few teams that have two bigs that can't shoot. And whether that means Mobley developing a jump shot, or at least just a capable jump shot. And I think he's, he can shoot the mid range a little bit, but he's not really a three point threat whatsoever at this point. And Allen obviously doesn't really take any jump shots at all. So I wonder yeah. if you move on from Allen. Obviously, you're keeping Mobley. I mean, Mobley's, I think, the franchise cornerstone at this point. But I wonder if you trade Jared Allen and try and move Mobley into more modern day five.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if they trade Allen because if I remember correctly, he's on such a team friendly deal for how good of a center he is.
0: Yeah. I think it's like 20 million.
1: Yeah. And, and so I just think like getting a guy at that value for like his production is like very hard and I think they would find it very difficult to move on from him.
0: Yeah, that's a good point too. I mean, I'm not sure they get the same value, but. I think it'll be mm-hmm. interesting offseason for Cleveland. I think they're kind of at a crossroads where it's like, you know, you have good pieces to compete, but like, you got to, you know, you got to do something to really elevate to the next level. But maybe, I don't yeah. know, maybe Evan Mobley develops into a superstar. I mean, it's only a second year, so you can give him some time. But
1: yeah, that team's young. So you never know.
0: We'll see. Disappointing, but obviously, Nick's Heat. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you got the Heat.
1: I got the heat. I think it'll be a good series, though. Miami, New York—that's always fun. Yeah, you know, um good rivalry in the past. But I don't know. I I think like R.J. Barrett. I don't know who they're gonna put on Jimmy Butler. Um, but
0: probably Hart. I think Hart's gonna try. You think Hart? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's it's it's tough for him, but he's a good defender. He's very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, Hart's the gritty guy, and. Uh, He'll do his best. Yeah,
1: I I know Julius randall is banged up for them. Um I don't know if he's out for however many games, but
0: yeah, I, I assume know he's play, hurt. But...
1: Yeah, but that's also a big piece for them, even though everyone shits on him a bunch, you know.
0: No, so... Julius Randall's really good. I mean, obviously like he's not like all NBA type guy, but like he's a he's a legit all-star, I think, at this point in his career. I think you can't take that away from him
1: yeah yeah I agree. Um, but yeah, i got I got the heat. let's say, let's say in six, I think they went on their home court at the end of the day,
0: yeah, um, take one in New York. the white
1: hots, the white hot, yeah, take one in New York, one out of three. And yeah, I think the white hot crowd has been like revived this postseason. Like you saw the energy in the last few games against Milwaukee, and it it was good like feeding off of Jimmy and stuff, um, just watching the games. And, yeah, I think they, they come out of that matchup. That what about you?
0: I think it'll be interesting. I, I actually like the Knicks. I like the Knicks and Seven to come out of it. And I think Jimmy Butler's amazing, obviously. But I think the Knicks are a really deep team. And they got home court advantage. I think, obviously, you said the Miami Heat's crowd. But MSG in the playoffs is a crazy atmosphere as well. The Knicks look mm. incredible at their two home games against Cleveland. I mean, I think uh, the Cavs were held on their 90 points both times, which is very good in today's NBA, obviously. And I think with Brunson, I mean, obviously, if Randall misses time, that's a different story. But I think assuming the Knicks are healthy going into it, I like the Knicks' depth and just tough players to match up well against Miami. Yeah,
1: depth's huge. And That'll, that'll be very interesting to see like will jimmy get fatigued and because he's really their only piece yeah but i mean the effort he's been putting each game is crazy yeah it'll, it'll be crucial for them if bam could step up because i know last series he did not do particularly amazing and play to his all-star level that he can play to um so we'll see
0: yeah it should be a good series but we can move down to the other side of the east um, honestly, not a lot of talk about with Philly, Brooklyn. Philly swept them, yeah, pretty handily. Yeah. I don't think anyone was surprised. I mean, Brooklyn was a fun team, obviously post KD and Kyrie trade, <laughs> but they never really stood they a chance going here. Anywhere. And yeah. Boston, little hiccup against Atlanta. Atlanta was able to take two games. I mean, I was pretty surprised to see Atlanta take two games, but obviously Boston won six games. Never, never. I don't know. Obviously, six games is like a long series, but I don't think it ever felt like there was a chance Boston was going to lose. I don't know if you felt like that too.
1: No, I, I didn't feel like it. I thought it could have gone to seven watching that game six. Um, they did not look good until the last five minutes. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, Atlanta hung in tough. Give him credit. I think Trey Young. Yeah. He was voted the most overrated player. I could make an argument he's underrated, I think. I think he was overrated at some point, but I think he's gotten so hypocrite. Like everyone's just called him so overrated that he might be underrated at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good point guard. He's one of the best in the league. I mean, he could score almost at will. Although he was bricking everything yesterday in the fourth and second half, um, and he makes plays for his teammates, so you can't discredit him for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he made a lot of big plays in the series to make it as competitive as it was. But and yep. then we got Philly, Boston. I think it was probably the most highly anticipated second round matchup. Um, just wondering, what are your thoughts on the series? Who do you got?
1: I think Boston wins. um I, the big question we'll see. I know Joel's hurt as well. um I, I don't think he's going to miss time, but he's definitely banged up and stuff like that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they match up with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown this go-around. Uh, did they play last year? I forgot.
0: Um, let me think. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think. remember.
1: But anyway, I, I see like... Maybe in the second I know they'll put... Yeah. I mean, they'll put uh pj Tucker and tobias harris on um jason tatum and um jalen brown but i don't know if those two are good enough to stop them um for 48 straight minutes um so i i just see them that duo overpowering the the philly trio on offense
0: so yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think Boston's gonna take it probably in seven. I think it'll be a deep series, but yep, I, agree. I just worry about Philly because one, James Harden has just not looked great. To put it frankly, I mean, yeah. like he's obviously still a very good player, but like he clearly has lost a step athletically, and he just doesn't have the same elements of his game as he did back in Houston, but obviously he's still good. It just comes down to him being able to make tough shots and he just, just doesn't really do it at the same rate. And obviously I think he's still very good as a playmaker and being a more like traditional point guard, which obviously I feel like he's sort of shifted to over the last like handful of years of his career. But I just think there's not enough offense that's going to be able to keep up with Tatum and Brown, like you said. And obviously Boston is yeah. one of the deeper teams. They got Brogdon, smart, um, Robert Williams, Al Horford, I mean, like, they got guys that can match up with them. Obviously, Embiid has a good matchup. I mean, I don't think Al Horford or Robert Williams can guard him one-on-one, but I think by committee, I think they'll be able to do an all-right job. I mean, Horford, although he's slow, and he's, what, probably 35, 36 at this point in his career. I mean, he's a baddie, he knows what he's doing. I think that'll be a tougher matchup for Embiid than most people would be. And like you said, Embiid's injury worries me a little bit too. And with that too, like, I think, do you worry for Embiid? I just like going back in his career and then looking forward, like, do you think he's trying too hard of the regular season and that it's like hurting him in the playoffs? Because it feels like every year he's either injured for the playoffs or there's some lingering injury and there's some sort of problem with him. I mean,
1: with his style of play, like that physical style, like you're going to get hurt, you know? So I, I don't think it's necessarily that he's trying too hard in the regular season. And if people stop trying so hard in the regular season, the NBA is going to get even more criticism than it already does. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I saw something that was interesting is like the, the athletic trainers, you know, how he falls so much during the games. I don't know if this was true or not, but I, it seemed reasonable that they were teaching him how to fall. Like no, that, how to that's fall like a thing.
0: I mean, that's like, job who we can talk about later but he's like flying through the air and like just falls over like he doesn't even like know how to land
1: yeah so it to save his like legs and knees and stuff like that like it's it's a pretty smart move um but i i don't think he should like stop trying so hard in the regular season i mean his fans need it he he clearly loves to do it you know and dominate at all aspects of the game whether it's regular season or postseason and just enjoys playing basketball so he should do this for as long as he can yeah and And he's he's already he's already 29 um yeah i mean he's older than
0: you think because i feel like he didn't i mean with injuries didn't really play like his first two three years took a while for him to establish himself
1: yeah so at this point like why not you know you got eight more good years if that and it's generous for him but <laughs> um yeah I mean why not if you're him so
0: yeah I don't know I think it'll be interesting to see especially thing think assuming he gets his MVP which I think at this point seems like a lock if he just changes yeah, his mentality that's... going forward because I think he really wanted the MVP I mean it seemed like he was very much trying for it so we'll see mm-hmm. if he chooses to coast a little bit more next season when he's just not trying to prove anything. But regardless, yeah. I like Boston in the series. I think it'll go seven, though. So I got Boston in seven. Cool.
1: I got Boston in six.
0: Six. Uh, winning the series in yeah. Philly.
1: In Philly.
0: Yep. Uh, all yeah. right, we can move on to the West. Not much to say for the Denver series. Uh, never was really any doubt, similar to Philly. Obviously, Edward Anthony Edwards had one good game. They stole one game. Gentleman's sweep, <laughs> though. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. And Denver kind of coasted the whole thing. Then the next series, Phoenix, Clippers. This one was really disappointing because after game one, it looked like we were like about to get an all-time series. Kawhi and Westbrook, who looked like vintage Westbrook for pretty much the whole series, against, obviously, the Suns with Chris Paul, KD. Devin Booker early like, it looked like it was going to be an all-time series then obviously the Suns pick up game two which you kind of expected after they dropped game one at home and then you find mm-hmm. out Kawhi's hurt and then he doesn't play any other games Paul George never comes back and it's basically just the Westbrook show versus the Suns super team
1: yep yeah I mean you gotta give respect to Westbrook like for all the hate he's gotten and all that I know the media's respecting him after that series but um yeah I mean for all the stuff that guy's been through like it's pretty impressive how much he was trying and how much like how much he did during this series besides that last game the last game he played bad um but he really put up an effort against (laughs) three two of the best players in the world
0: yeah I mean, I think I was I was happy for Westbrook. I mean, he had an awesome series. and I feel like, like you said, like the media finally gave us flowers after literally just being criticized for like three years straight. like this was this is mm-hmm. the first like positive Westbrook thing I've seen since, like maybe he was in Houston, which was a lot of teams ago for Russell Westbrook. So yeah I was, was happy was to, I was happy to see him do his thing. I mean, obviously, they lost the series. I mean they lost four straight. but yeah. He got his props. He deserved but, them. Oh. Phoenix advanced easily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once Kawhi was out, you you knew the series was over. But yeah. Denver Phoenix um, round two should yeah. be interesting. Um, yeah,
1: who do you like?
0: I don't know. It's an interesting series. I I'm having a tough time deciding. But because I think with Denver is obviously they, they run their offense through Jokic, which is a good matchup for them against the Suns. Because I don't think Aiden, obviously Aiden's a good athlete, but like, I don't think his style is like what matches up against Jokic. I mean, I think it's like his creativity and like opening up passing lanes and stuff for Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, whoever. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if Phoenix is going to be able to guard them that well. I mean, obviously, Chris Paul is going to go on Jamal Murray and I think he can slow him down. But I don't know. I mean, Kevin Durant, obviously, I think he's still a good defender, but like, they just very they match up very weirdly it's very different styles of play Extremely. and then like because i don't know if denver matches up against uh phoenix i mean i think they're gonna try with aaron gordon guarding kevin durant and i don't even know who they're gonna put on devin booker at this point yeah i mean
1: yeah i mean yeah
0: who are they gonna put on devin booker probably kcp kcp
1: you think kcp
0: I mean, Michael Porter doesn't play defense. He just shoots. He doesn't do anything else. <laughs> That's true. Who's uh the Suns for? Uh, I guess
1: KD's a four, and then Tori Craig's a three, right? Yeah, Torrey. I Craig guess or Michael Porter. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Irrelevant. But um, yeah, I think this this Nuggets team matches up tough with the Suns. Like they're at an extreme disadvantage on the offense. I mean, defensive side. Um. I just like don't see a way they could stop both um Booker and KD every single game. And their offense is quite inconsistent. Like Jamal Murray has been pretty inconsistent for the first four games. Um I know it's a small sample or first five games, it's a small sample size, but um he was a little bit shaky during that first round and you never know with Michael Porter. Um Michael is yeah, playing well. You just well. never know. Uh, has he? Yeah, he's
0: like, shooting the ball well. He doesn't. Like... He doesn't pass. He's putting up like one assist a game, but he's knocking down <laughs> shots. That's what he does. Yeah,
1: like like twenty plus a game, or no?
0: No, I don't think that much. Maybe like eighteen. Yeah. But I
1: mean, you kind of need that out of your third scoring option to to match up well against the Suns. I feel like. Because Jokic hasn't been... I mean, Jokic is obviously going to find people for uh, baskets, um, like, passing the ball. But, like, I feel like Michael Porter is supposed to score more in that offense than Jokic.
0: Essentially. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's hard, because, like, Jokic is just, like... It's such an untraditional, like, play style that they run. Yeah. So, like... It's hard to tell they're going to match up, and I agree. Defensively, they're going to struggle. But I also think everyone's going to struggle to guard Phoenix just because you can't mm-hmm. double Booker or Durant with both of them on the floor. I mean, it's kind of like... Obviously, it's not as good as Durant and Golden State, but because that's when you're and mm-hmm. Klay to deal with, too. But I think it's the same yep. philosophy where you can't double them unless you're just going to literally not guard a Craig or whoever the fifth guy is on the floor, which I guess is okay, but it just both of them have been yeah, capable enough to be a sufficient fifth guy on the floor, but it'll be interesting. I think Denver also is a bit underrated at this point. I think just, it's sort of like the, they've never done yeah. it, so like we're not going to believe it till we see it kind of thing. And then sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. We'll see it. I think Phoenix wins the series in six, just because I'm not sure Denver is going to be able to keep up. But like I said earlier, I mean, Phoenix is definitely, like, they have the worst bench in the whole playoffs. So, like, mm-hmm. they get a, I don't know, one-off game from Booker, one-off game from Duran. Someone gets in foul trouble, they pick up an injury. Like, they have – I think Phoenix, obviously, I think they have the most talented starting five, so it's still hard to pick against them. But I think they have one of the smallest margins for error of any team and also at the same time. Yep.
1: Yeah, so in the regular season I just looked this up, they split their matchups. Um I think the the most relevant recent game was March thirty-first, where the Suns won by seven. It was it was pretty low scoring, but their other games have been high scoring. Um but it doesn't look like Jokic played. So that'll be that'll be interesting. And it was a full Suns roster, so it seems like the Nuggets have have had their hand uh this year to say the least yeah and and then their next game Jokic also didn't play
0: so can you go in denver
1: so no I, <laughs> i'm going Suns because I, I think they'll figure it out but um yeah i i just don't think that i th- i think their experience will prove to be much superior than the nuggets and also their offensive firepower and devin booker the way he's playing right now you just can't stop both of them once again for 48 straight minutes kind of like the celtics
0: yeah i'm with you yeah. i like the suns but i just, i wouldn't be surprised if denver won and i think a lot of people would be surprised to see oh. denver pull it off although there are the one seed but we'll yeah. see it should be a so. fun series and then the last two series i uh, still going on kings down two to three to golden state at this point uh i think golden state's gonna wrap it up tonight unfortunately yep fortunately Sad. i know you were like hurry but how could you not root for the kings i mean it was such a the beam was awesome and it was first time making the playoffs since oh six how, how could you not root for them? their time Still their time
1: it's steph's time, i know the young that whole team's young besides yeah. the bonus
0: and... i do think the kings will be i mean at least i don't know about a championship contender unless they make more moves which i'm sure they'll they're not going to do nothing. But I do think this team yeah. will be a playoff team for the foreseeable next few years.
1: Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, Steph looks awesome. Clay looks revived. Um, Andrew Wiggins is playing pretty well. Poole's been a little disappointing off the bench. but Yeah, he had a big game or, last game. I guess game, he though. started. Yeah, he started last game. Um, and then Kevon Looney's been playing like a true big. So Yeah, Looney's awesome. Yeah. But, he's been, uh, yeah, he's been dishing the rock, too. He's been getting like six, seven, and eight assists in the the series, It's, it's basically crazy. Jokic. Pretty much.
0: Yeah, the Warriors are going to win. Sucks, but it's fine. I've accepted it at this point. Once they tied up the series, <laughs> it was over. Yeah. Like once they got it back to 2-2, it was like, okay, this might be it. And then De'Aaron broke his finger. Obviously, he still played last game, but... Just seemed like the writing was on the wall. And then the last series, Lakers up three to two on the Grizzlies. Uh, A lot of drama with this series. Obviously, Lakers take game one and then sort of took control of the series. Grizzlies bounce back. Somewhere along the way, Ja gets hurt. And Dylan Brooks makes his comments saying LeBron's too old and he's not going to respect him until he puts 40 on him. (laughs) And that just felt like a death wish. I mean, no matter like, Dylan Brooks obviously is of all people was going to get attention on it but like anyone says that to LeBron when he's still playing at this high of level like it just sounds like a that sentence and i feel like that's what it yeah. felt like with the next two games with the lakers taking care of business both games at home obviously the first game they destroyed them i mean it was ridiculous and then the second game obviously took overtime but still handled business lebron had a great game but then game 5 was yeah. kind of a Kind of a letdown game for the Lakers. obviously. Go back to Memphis, Bad. but, like, it definitely gave Memphis, oh, just a slip of the door back into the series. I mean, like, it felt like the sure. door was shutting, and all of a sudden, like, the Lakers still on obviously, the Lakers are still in a good position. I mean, they're playing in L.A. tonight, really? and ideally, you take care of business there, but Memphis is a chance now. I mean, like, would you be surprised to see Memphis yeah. come back in the series?
1: No, I was going to ask you the same thing. Like, do you think tonight is their last chance to win the series? And I I frankly do. I think if the Lakers lose this game at home, the Grizzlies are going to have so much momentum going into that Game 7. And that Game 7 crowd, they're just going to feed off the energy and stuff like that. We'll see if Jaw's built for the moment, but I I think he is. Um, Can't tell yet, but... I, I do think tonight's their last chance to close the series.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a tough environment to go back to Memphis for a game seven after dropping two in a row. And I think people are forgetting, like, I really, like, a lot of people pick the Lakers because, like, I pick the Lakers, but, like, Nabel, and Andy Davis, like, they're L.A., they're the big market team. But, like, Memphis is the two-seed. They're a very good team. And obviously they have injuries. They don't yep. have Adams or my boy Brandon Clark, but they're a really good team. <laughs> so, like, you don't want to let it get back to Memphis for Game se- Seven, and I'm not saying the Lakers have no chance if it gets there, because obviously it's the LeBron James in a Game Seven against a team that pretty much hasn't experienced that type of environment. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm going full force to take care of business tonight, and I, I do think they will. I do think they win tonight.
1: I think they will too. I think LeBron will b- bounce back. He had a really bad game for his Anthony Davis last too. Game. I mean,
0: they both played terrible. Yeah,
1: and you so said, I, I think they will play. Back.
0: He said he'll play 48 minutes if he needs to. <laughs> I saw that. I don't know I if don't he know can, if he's but... He's going to handle that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I agree. I think they take care of business tonight. We'll
0: see. But yeah, um, definitely been an exciting playoff so far. I don't want to make a pick on the, that series because, you know, don't want to get premature with the pick, but... Uh, but let's say it
1: is Golden State Lakers. Who, who got, are you going with?
0: I got the Lakers.
1: I think I just think. Wrong. I think... I think Golden State has four games at home. Oh, the lights! Yeah, four games at home. So,
0: (laughs) four games at home. Well, I guess yeah, but I don't know. I think the Lakers match up very well against Golden. Like I do think the Lakers have one of the best defenses in the league, and obviously, like, uh, like they're not gonna get that. Like I feel like that's not how you think of them because you're just like, oh, LeBron, AD, whatever. But like, they have so many good perimeter defenders between Vando, Rui. Even Austin Reeves has been a good perimeter defender for them. Like they got a lot of options to match up with them. And I don't know. I don't like the Warriors' bigs are good, but they're very one-dimensional. I mean, like, Draymond does his thing on offense, the Draymond roll. It's very niche to him. But like Looney and Draymond aren't adding that much on offense. They're really only are worried about Wiggins, Clay, and Steph. And I think you put I don't know who guards Steph, whether that's Reeves or you. I think you probably put Vanderbilt on him. Vanderbilt are really put a big on him. And Mm. I think, I do think they match up well with them. And I'm not sure the Warriors can guard Anthony Davis or LeBron for that matter.
1: Yeah. No, that's a fair point. It will be interesting if we get there.
0: Yeah. I hope we get there. I think everyone's hoping we get there. I hope. I think everyone is too. But don't count out the Grizzlies. Or the Kings. Nope. You never know. Warriors She's don't want to go back out. to Sacramento. I know we said the like, Lakers don't want to go back to Memphis. No. Warriors do not want to go back to Sacramento. I think I'm more confident that the Kings would win a game seven than the McGrozzlies will win a game seven. It's
1: a fair statement.
0: Yeah. Which, I don't know. Saying it out loud, I'm not sure, because it's like Steph versus the Kings, but it's also the Beam versus Steph. So it's a tough battle. <laughs> the
1: Beam. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate they haven't been able to light it as much, but it's also awesome.
0: Well, they only light it yeah. at home, so they only missed one. It's a big one. Yeah, it was a bad one to miss out on, but that's all right. Bad one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: all right. Cool. But, yeah, we can take a quick break here and then get back into some NFL draft. All right, welcome back. We got a little NFL draft talk here. First round is completed. All 31 picks with the Dolphins pick taken away from them. But number one pick <laughs> was the Chicago Bears pick, but obviously we traded away the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young, mm-hmm. first overall, first Alabama player ever, which I thought was a surprising set. But I didn't know that.
1: that yeah, was surprising.
0: First Alabama player ever. But not really a surprise with the cool. pick. I think. It seems like it was Bryce Young for at least the last couple of weeks. Obviously, the whole process was a bit of a revolving door, but it seems like it's settled on Bryce. And I don't know what you think. I think it's the right pick. I mean, I think Bryce, maybe his ceiling just from his physical tools is not as high as some of these other guys, but I think it was the safest pick. And I think he's the most ready to compete day one. And I think that's what they wanted.
1: Yep, I agree. They built a little offense around him with pieces that are pretty good but not like overly like wow um but at the same time he'll I think he's, we have a, Lavisca, he's still, a good ball right? well, Laviska yeah and adam Thielen and miles sanders um but yeah i think he'll be a good nfl player like he's they are all talking about his hype but at the same time you look at like russell wilson kyler murray like those guys i, I like, will say they,
0: i've seen that comparison too and i think although he is small, he's like, Russell Wilson and Kyler are like a little, I feel like they're bigger. Like, I feel like they got more size to them. Like Bryce is a small guy. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, the NFL weight room is always different. And I know the Alabama weight room is different too, but they'll get him on a program. They'll get him right. They'll get him NFL ready and he'll have good, like the best mentors in the game. Like I'm sure of it. Like they'll, they'll find them, you know? and to let him play at his style yeah i mean
0: i agree i think they put him in a good position to succeed i think i like the pick draft draft really started number two though texans on the clock a lot of smoke that they were passing on a quarterback going defense and then they made the pick that people probably thought they were going to make months ago took tj stroud out of ohio state um i like the pick i mean i think they had to go quarterback it's just when you need a quarterback and you're this high in the draft, like, it's so hard not to do it because it's like, you don't want to be this bad again, you know?
1: Yeah. And I, I frankly love what they did. I mean, they, they went out and got both their guys. Like, CJ was obviously their guy all the way along if they weren't going to get Bryce. It was, like you said, it was all just smoke. But that trade with uh, the Cardinals, even though they gave up a lot to get back up to that number three position, Will Anderson is like, a surefire star and will be like potentially generational talent in the nfl like he should be an instant impact player and develop quite well on their
0: defense i don't i didn't like the trade i think it was fun really like it's cool yeah they got their quarterback and then they got the number one defensive player in the draft i just think they gave up too much i mean i think Obviously, I think Will Anderson will be a good NFL player. And I would be surprised if he doesn't have at least like a couple Pro Bowl appearances when it's all said and done, at the very least. But I don't know. I just felt like they gave up too much. I mean, they gave up an extra first, an extra second, and they already had a two first in the draft this year with the other one at 12, which is pretty good pick still. And obviously, you can look down, I mean, I think you still could have gotten some pretty good players. Obviously, not Will Anderson level, but losing control to your first-round pick next year, I yeah. think, is definitely a risk. When there's a very decent chance they end up picking in the top five, top ten again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thinking about it like that, that that's a very fair point because you never know how good they're going to be. Like, Jacksonville got back-to-back um, number one picks as they were... They had their rookie quarterback, but still couldn't perform. So they, like you said, they very well could end up top five again. So
0: we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. Obviously, if if they feel like they're going to compete, I think it makes total sense. Because if you're giving up a mid first round pick, I guess for another mid round pick, like two mid round picks for a top three pick, I get that. But if you're giving up your 12 and then what's going to be another thing, like high level pick, I, I don't know. But time will tell. Obviously, if Anderson's good, you're not going to... Like, if he's an all-pro (laughs) level player, you're not going to look back regardless. So, definitely was one of the flashier moves I've seen in draft day in a while, but we'll see. Obviously, the other end of that trade is Arizona, who traded down to 12 and back up to 6 and took Paris Johnson. And I thought they were the biggest winners of all this because they essentially picked up an extra first-round pick and seemingly take, took the guy that they wanted to take at three originally anyways in Paris Johnson.
1: Yep, I, I love the move. Um, Kyler was talking a ton about him in pre-draft, and I think that the Cardinals finally realized, like, hey, we need to protect our guy. Look what happens when we don't protect him. And they got him that guy, or who seems like is going to be that guy. So, it yeah, Cardinals, Cardinals are a huge winner of that trade. I really thought it was a win-win. But uh, like we discussed, we'll we'll see how Will Anderson pays out. But Paris Johnson should be a very good NFL player, and I wanted the Bears to get him. But
0: yeah, I want to so be well. a Bear as well. But uh, I agree. I think the Cardinals definitely came out a winner, and the Texans could, but we'll see. I think the loser of the trade, uh, in my eyes, is Detroit, who seemed like they kind of panicked. Obviously, they they traded with Arizona to go down to twelve. I think a lot of it came down to. Seattle, taking Devin With- Withers between a five, who it seemed like was mm-hmm. projected to be Detroit's guy. I mean, I think almost every mock had him to Detroit. Uh, the sportsbooks had him pretty heavy minus money to link to Detroit at six. So to me, it kind of seemed like they panicked once he went off the board and were like, okay, we'll move down and see what happens. And then obviously they took Jameer Gibbs, who I think is a very talented player. I think he's been getting the Alvin Kamara comparison. I think it's totally fair. I mean, I think he's a very good, elusive running back. But like, for me, I don't. Detroit was in a, like I think they're in a good spot as a team. I think they're in a good position to compete next year, and getting a premium pick like at number six and adding potentially another elite edge rusher, O lineman, whatever it was, or even I went to mind at them taking. I mean, with the way the board fell, I guess I went to one in a quarterback, but. I would have ruled it out had it been available. I just don't. Yeah. I don't like the running back pick at twelve. I think for especially for Gibbs. I think Robinson. Obviously, we can talk about Bijan in a second, but I think you could justify Bijan at twelve. I don't like Jameer Gibbs at twelve just because I think he's going to be a good running back, but I think he's going to be limited, and that's crazy to take in the first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really like a weird. Because they did go out and sign David Montgomery, they already have DeAndre Swift, and why are you not drafting a wide receiver in that first round who's a first round talent when your stud receiver is suspended six games? You know, it just like didn't make a ton of sense. And even like go out and get that other cornerback um, who fell to the Patriots. Yeah, like, Christian Bill Belichick always. always gets his way, um, and so. I don't know. I I I was I was quite shocked by the pick. Didn't really understand it.
0: Yeah, it was just a weird pick. And like, who knows? Maybe it works out. Sounds like DeAndre Swift's gonna get cut. I don't know if he saw like the GM's thing after. You think cut? I think he's gonna get
1: cut, cut. or I, traded.
0: I think they'll try and trade him, but at this point, they probably don't get more than a six seven if they get anything Fifth? at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Swift's weird because like he's been good. He's shown flashes, but also. He's never been able to stay healthy when he gets any kind of workload. So I get I get the reason to replace mm-hmm. him. But I would just – I just think, although, yeah, Swift's been injured, whatever, like, I wouldn't have given up all this just to get his replacement. I just think, why not just yeah. keep Swift for another year and see what happens, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you have Montgomery if he's, like, so bad.
0: Yeah, Monty's you the know? man. I mean, I think they like their committee, obviously, with they had Swift and Jamal Williams last year. But I think that could have just been – I think Montgomery's just – Arguably a better Jamal Williams. So like I don't know. The whole thing was yeah. odd. But you know, I like Gibbs as a player. And that was whole that was what Campbell said after he's like he was the highest rated player on our board, so we took him. But to me it seemed like a panic and they just took him. But it is what it yeah. is. Uh we can go back up yeah. to the top of the first. Uh number four, Colts made Anthony Rich in the third quarterback selected. I like the pick. I think he was the right choice over Levis, but I was surprised to see him go for, and then obviously Levis not picked at all.
1: That uh, that read option and like seeing what that quarterback coach develops him into is going to be really cool because that's the same coach I was listening like yesterday during the draft. Um, I was listening to what they were saying, and that's the same guy that developed Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So seeing what he could do with him will be. Pretty
0: cool. Yeah, no, I think it's a good fit for Richardson. Um I thought maybe Richardson would benefit from like sitting behind a veteran for a year learning a little bit, but honestly, like that's so rare in the NFL nowadays, just with the way the contracts go. And like you pretty much gotta decide on the fifth year by year three. So it's like he'll play right away. And I think it's honestly a decent offense for him with Pittman, Jonathan Taylor. Like it's not an incredible offense, but they got playmakers, they got Quentin Nelson, and I think it, with like you said, with the old Eagles OC as their head coach now, like it'll be an interesting situation. I think I think it'll work out. I think he's got all the raw talent in the world, and he might suck. I mean, it's very well possible. Yeah, I think he probably is the and highest does, best potential of any player in the first yeah. round. But
1: and if he does, they get a top five pick next year, and those quarterbacks look damn good if they really want to get out of um, the Anthony Richardson experience.
0: Yeah, so, I think it was we'll a good see. gamble, so I liked it. But yeah. moved down, Tyree Wilson to Vegas, not much to say on that. I mean, there was a lot of, like we said, a lot of smoke about Tyree Wilson maybe jumping all the way up to two, ended up not being the case. Yeah. and He he went pretty much where people thought he was slated to go. I think it's a good pick by Vegas. I mean, maybe not the biggest need, but probably the best available on the board at the time, so I'm, I'm with it. Yep. And this is when it gets interesting, this stretch right here. Bijan, number eight to Atlanta, which, like I said, I don't like running backs going early, but I don't hate it if I'm Atlanta. I don't know. It's just, like, weird to me because I feel like Atlanta is very far away from being competitive, so that seems like the trap that, I mean, it worked out, I guess, for the Cowboys and Zeke, but I don't know. I just feel like they're going to run them into the ground before they're even, like, a competitive team again, and then it's, like, what do you why would you make that pick? But it'll be fun with him and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I mean, they got playmakers for sure. Yeah,
1: they do. But another thing to keep in mind with that, with like the weirdness of it, is like Tyler Algier was in a thousand yard rusher last year. So they had him or they have him for virtually nothing on the yeah. books. And Cordero Patterson. And they went still out there. and got he's still there. So yeah, and so. then they went out and got Bijan. So just interesting.
0: Yeah, we'll I see. mean, I think they got a good offensive minor, Arthur Smith. Like, I think they'll get creative, but I don't yeah. know.
1: You know what? I, I could see that. Doesn't really like, show. He's
0: got all the tools in the world.
1: Yeah, I could see them, like, not even caring this year at all, frankly, and wanting that top five pick so they could go out and get their quarterback. And if they could get that quarterback, like.
0: The, yeah, I mean, they're going to have all the, or... he's got all the tools in the world to succeed. So,
1: yeah, we'll see.
0: I just worry they're going to run Bijan into the ground. But hopefully, like you said, they have other running backs. So I hope they don't... I mean, obviously, he's going to get a lot of touches. But, like, I think they have the pieces in place to not make him a 25-touch-a-game player for his whole whole career, you know?
1: Yeah. um, And then this next one is where I got sad, sitting on my couch.
0: Yeah, so, this one... While you were on the plane. This one was... I, got, I was on the plane... I get service for like a second, like as we were descending. I see Bears traded the number nine pick to 10. So I knew they moved down one spot. And I pretty much was able to assume that meant we didn't get Jalen Carter. Because I assumed either we if he was there, we took him. <laughs> and evidently traded down to let Philly get him. But I don't know about you. I don't know. Seeing kind of the dust settle, hearing polls talk about, I understand the decision. I feel like they didn't feel feel Carter was mature enough to succeed in the Bears locker room that lacks a lot of veteran leadership, which I understand. And I think Darnell Wright is a safe pick. I think he'll be a very good tackle. And obviously, Mm -hmm. D-line was a need, but protecting Fields was also our biggest need. So I don't don't hate the pick at all. It's just sad that we maybe could have gotten the best player in the draft. And I think in Philly, he's going to look like the best player in the draft.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has everything he needs to succeed. Like, they won't be able to double-team him every play in Philly or else someone else is going to get 20-plus sacks this year.
0: Yeah, I um, mean, the, they got all the Georgia Bulldogs. They got Jordan Davis. Yeah. They got Nicobe Dean. And then they took uh, the other Georgia kid. Yeah, it's kid, a pipeline. Nolan Smith with uh, their other 1st round pick.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Darnell, right, like, he's a big dude. And, like, that's what the Bears need on the outside to protect fields. Like give that man some protection and don't let him you know get hurt i mean he, he's our guy he's the cornerstone of the bears and like um seemingly showed really good flashes last year so he has everything he needs to succeed now we built up that old line through the offseason so hopefully that offense can perform or else we'll let the readdress next season
0: yeah i mean i think we so. gave fields all the tools at least to like make that next step up. Like maybe he's not like the next greatest quarterback by next year, but it's a it's been a huge upgrade for him. So I think he's got all the tools to make that jump he needs to in year three. And I think he's gonna yep. do it. But I like Wright. I think he's the more traditional tackle. Obviously the other guy that I think a lot of people thought they may go with Paris Johnson off the board was Karansky out of Northwestern. But I mean I think mm-hmm. we talked about this earlier, but uh he's people were concerned about his fate in the nfl maybe more of a guard so i understand the bears wanting to go with more of a traditional tackle in darnell right than Skarowski.
1: yep makes sense the only other guy that i thought they might have considered was that guy out of georgia roderick jones yeah poll said he had a higher rating on our guys so whatever joey porter just went by the way to the yeah pittsburgh. To, to
0: pittsburgh it's a fun story yeah.
1: Yeah that is quite um but yeah anyway continuing Peter was an pick good pick by the Titans helped Eric out
0: Yeah the Titans seem like a team that they were gonna mess up that pick and I think they took the best player on the board and I think it's a great it's a great pick for them.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then kind of I talked about Gibbs, how <laughs> weird.
0: Yeah. That was my least favorite pick of the first round, I think.
1: Yeah it just didn't make sense. I mean, there were so many other needs and, like, so many other instant impact players. Like, if you wanted one of those guys, like, go get JSN. Go get a different receiver. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Then Green Bay passes on receiver again, which is, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> they seem to have this philosophy that they'll be fine. and I guess they have been with Rodgers, but I just thought you're getting Jordan Love his first really NFL looks. Get him some sort of yeah. talented receiver besides Christian Watson, and they didn't. They went with Lou Lufena, so I think we'll be good. But like, I really thought they were finally going to go receiver, and then didn't really receivers kind of fell. I mean, I thought Jackson Smith and Jibgo was going to be a probably at least top fifteen. He ends up top going 15, at twenty yeah. to Seattle, where then you get a string of four receivers in a row with Quinn Johnson to the Chargers, Zay Flowers to Baltimore, and Jordan Addison in the Minnesota. And honestly, I really like like how this went down. I think like all these teams kind of got the best receiver for their fit. Yeah, like, my think... only
1: uh, question was uh, with the Chargers. I didn't really fully understand it. I get it that Keenan and Mike Williams are injury-prone. They also have who Josh Palmer. I feel like they have another guy that's like a plug-and-play type of guy.
0: Yeah, but um... I don't think you want those guys to become like everyday starters, you know?
1: yeah i get that and they are getting older so it does make it does make sense you know keenan's almost
0: twenty. Keenan's pretty end, old so. i think keenan might be i think he's over 30.
1: yeah he's he's over 30. i want to say like 32 31 something like that um so he's getting older but so i guess it makes sense let him develop with justin herbert to see what they could do
0: yeah i don't know i like it i mean i think he'll learn from he's another big big receiver We'll play with Mike Williams, who will learn from Keenan Allen. Obviously, a great bet, but like Keenan's getting older, like, and I think it makes sense to bring in a third guy where you maybe get one or two more years out of Keenan. I mean, they, Keenan was like a cut candidate too. I mean, obviously, they didn't end up cutting him, but there was a lot of rumors he wasn't yeah. going to make the roster. So I think you have maybe mm-hmm. one or two more years of Keenan, and it makes sense to bring in a a guy like this to just like keep up the continuity for Herbert. Then with the other picks, sure. I really like Smith and Jig at Seattle. I think he maybe doesn't have a huge rookie year just because he's going to be behind Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But, like, Seattle's just been a pipeline of slot receivers with Doug Baldwin, Doug yeah. Lockett, and then I think Smith and Jiggle will, will just be the next great slot receiver for them.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty fun to watch those guys. Like, who would think Tyler Lockett would be amazing? Yeah, but I mean, this is the first he time they really role.
0: invested, like, a high pick the one, too. I mean, like, neither Lockett or Baldwin were. I mean, Baldwin was undrafted. I don't know when Lockett was picked.
1: Yeah, DK was a late second, right? Like the last pick of the second round?
0: Yeah, he? he fell to the second.
1: Yeah, so high pick, high upside for them. So good job, Seahawks. And then going back a few, the Patriots. Patriots won. Uh, I guess they didn't get like a whole lot for their other pick, like trading back. Yeah. Um. But, but they got a guy that was projected to go top 12. Top 10. Yeah, I
0: mean, Christian Gonzalez. People, a lot of people thought he was going to go top ten.
1: So Bill Belichick just always gets his way, as I said earlier. Um,
0: oh wow! Titans traded off. Oh, Will they they officially took him. Yeah, Will Levis, number thirty three. Wow, doesn't have to wait wow. too long. Day too. That's interesting. Yeah. I I like that pick. I think. Yeah. I don't know if I love it. I don't know I'm a big Will Lovett guy, but I think for Tennessee, I think it makes sense to take a shot on him. I mean, you know... I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, Malik's, Willis's career is just over.
0: No. Once, the, once this had him for Josh Dobbs, he was never getting another yeah. chance for Tennessee. Yeah. He might not even make That's the roster, over. honestly. You think? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really make sense. You know, it doesn't really make sense that he was a third string. I mean, I guess. Eh, I guess not, him. but... It depends. There's a third
1: round pick, so who knows? But he'd definitely just be like super toxic in the locker room. Like I can't see him having a good attitude towards anything or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel and like poor Tannehill. Tannehill. No, Tannehill knew. I mean, he only has one year left in his deal, anyways. And I think they'll let Tannehill. He'll start for sure, and if he plays well, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll bench him but also i don't think tennessee's gonna be that good so i don't know how long Tannehill's gonna last before they fold
1: yeah we'll see um wow well, i really thought so it's for sure levis because on my screen it hasn't like gone
0: through. yeah you reported. report i, I, I really
1: uh, um i thought like if i guess levis has a better upside than Hendon hooker probably so yeah
0: i think Levis. i mean Definitely could be a bust and not play in not playing the NFL at all. But a greedy Headden Hooker, I think he's kinda like uh Geno Smith. Like I feel like he could be a good game manager for you. But like Levis mm-hmm. does have like only upside with his arm strength and mobility. Just a question yeah. of he's gonna get there. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, I like Thanks, Tennessee. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a good fit for him and for the Titans. I think the Titans, well, I don't know. The Titans are in a weird position because, like, it's either they kind of keep trying to compete or they just, like, hit the full rebuild. And I think that's going to probably end up in a full rebuild in the next year or two. But you think? So it might of be who hard. Outside of, tra- outside of line, who else do they have at receiver? Not a whole lot. I don't think they really sent anyone either.
1: No one? Dude, they're Unless showing the video. They must have, but they're showing the video of Will eating a banana right oh, now.
0: That, that's classic. <laughs> I mean, that dropped him. And off. the mayo. I think we, each of those dropped him at least 10 picks.
1: he <laughs> eats normal
0: food, he's probably still a top 10 pick.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, good for um, him.
0: Good for him. He yeah, good for the time, Maybe yeah. he'll come watch Randy again.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Mighty Collin or Andy, him Down. In Kentucky. And Anthony Erderson. So, maybe two, I guess only one first-round quarterback, but two NFL exactly. quarterbacks. But, yeah, we can go into the wrap-up with the back end of the first round. Uh, Zay Flowers to Baltimore. I like that pick a lot. I think, mm-hmm. obviously, well, we didn't even mention Lamar finally signed his deal. Yeah. Five years. Lamar got his wishes yesterday. Yeah, finally. I think he deserved it. I'm happy for him. And they're setting him up with probably the best group of playmakers he's had his whole career with Dave Flowers, Odell.
1: Yeah,
0: and hopefully a
1: healthy J.K. Dobbins to um, win the option with. You know. Yeah, that's like doubtful, so, but
0: they'll have, we'll have the doubtful, Gus Bus.
1: The Gus Bus, exactly. So, and then Addison
0: yeah. paired up with Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, which I think he's going to be a stud. I mean... You yeah. can basically do whatever he wants. I mean, they're they're gonna put three guys on Jefferson, and this guy's gonna have one on ones all day. You can basically, I yeah. I mean, he's just gonna be Adam Thielen, but like better. Between him I'm and younger. Hawkinson, will be it's gonna be a really good offense. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I think they'll end up keeping Dalvin. They should. I mean, if they're if they're not, I don't know. If they're not like any under any dire cap issues, then they should. Like, why not?
0: yeah i don't know i think they probably will keep him. do they still have madison nope Madison's i think not. he's a
1: dolphin yeah i think he's a dolphin I'll, right. I'll, I'll fact check me i'll fact check myself
0: yeah i mean minnesota they're also i mean they're clearly in a weird place too because cousins only has so many years left and it's sort of have an aging roster and detroit and our bears are on the rise you know and even green bay i mean I don't think they're necessarily on the rise right now, but they got potential with Jordan Love coming up. So Minnesota might be in a rebuild sooner than later, but obviously when you have guys like Jefferson and Edison, your offense is probably still going to be very good. So it'll be interesting to see how they address the quarterback. I kind of feel like they could end up a team like any of the last couple of years where they're kind of trying to hold on to being competitive, and they just fill in with a bunch of veterans until – I guess their guys kind of age out, and then the whole team's just bad until you're, like, where the Colts are and they get a top-five pick. Because, like, I don't yeah. think this roster's ever going to... At least in the next few years, this is going to be bad enough where they're just going to be, like, a bottom 5-10 team, you know? So <laughs> it'll be hard for them to get their quarterback. But also, if you pull off, like, what Buffalo does to get Allen or what the Chiefs did to get Mahomes, like, you make one right trade and get a guy... Or even the Bears, if Fields is the guy. Like, get a guy in that, like, 10-to-late... Mid to late first range, like then you're right back into it, so it should be interesting. Yeah, um, all um rather...
1: L- Lions just took oh, sorry, Lions just took the tight end out of Iowa,
0: oh, not, a, a good not pick the Notre Dame guy.
1: Nope, I'm surprised. I wonder what happened to him.
0: Yeah, so, he was a guy I guess we'll see go, after... like mid first round too, like early on.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll see.
0: Then speaking of tight ends. Buffalo took the number one tight end. Dalton Kincaid. I love that pick. Yeah. I think he'll be a great fit in Buffalo. But that's the problem. You go to these like, good teams and like, everyone, you're like, ah, it's a good pick. Because you're just like, oh, the Bills know what they're <laughs> doing at this point. You know?
1: yeah. Now, yeah. The Raiders, we'll Raiders tight just took iron. Michael Meyer. The Raiders traded up?
0: Um, yeah,
1: they traded yeah. up with the Colts. Yeah. That's a good pick.
0: Yeah. Replacing Darren Waller.
1: No, that's what they need. You know, their their team is still competing, so they gotta.
0: Yeah, Kincaid I like, and then Cowboys took a D tackle out of Michigan. Probably a good pick. I don't know a whole lot about him. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: That's a new Mickey question, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: And then next pick,
1: protect Lawrence at all
0: costs. Yeah, seems like a good philosophy. Bengals took <laughs> yeah. Miles Murphy. Uh, he was another guy that like early on was, I feel like pretty high in mocks. So he could be good. Was it
1: not Brian Brees? Was it Miles Murphy? And not. I Brian think they Brees? both
0: were pretty high. Well, Brees was definitely like close to top ten. Like, remember, like early yeah, on when like, right when the, the Bears way. traded down, a lot of mocks had him going to the Bears. Mm. But yeah, so we'll see. Then, Nolan Smith, Eagles, like we said, and then rounding it out. The Chiefs took Felix Unadike Uzuma. He's, out of pro- Kansas he's probably State. gonna be
1: a Hall of Famer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he'll probably be incredible.
0: I, mean, I thought yeah. I wanted to see them take one of these tight ends. I thought that would have been interesting. Like obviously Kelsey's still incredible, but like you get like one of these guys. I think tight ends are one of like traditionally one of the slower positions to develop, just because it's a very different game, like blocking and then passing and catching passes at the next level. But uh-huh. if they got, like, Michael Meyer or the Iowa kid that Detroit just picked, like, if one of them learned behind Kelsey for a year, I thought that would have been pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. Never know. They still could trade up. There are some good tight ends in this class. It's pretty deep.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be a big tight end class. But yeah. exciting draft. Obviously, Levis now picked. Tennessee Titan. Um, Seems like the three most, like, notable guys didn't slide that far around, too. I feel like sometimes, like, yeah. When when these guys don't get picked, like some of them, like well, wait, like some of them they don't even get picked, like the full second round, you know. So it seems like there wasn't any like yeah. crazy concerns with these guys. I don't know. So I mean, so, obviously, I don't really know, but like all of them still got picked reasonably. I think like Joey Porter, Michael Michael Meyer, and uh, Will Abbas were like the three most notable guys that people thought were first round locks. So happy yeah. to see they all got picked. Um yep. Not much else to add about the draft. I hope our guy Anthony Orgy gets picked. Probably day three. Uh, I hope he's a hope he gets picked. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna call him. Titan, Titan, maybe a bear. Join the linebacker room. Bear. Yep. But fun draft so far. Uh fun playoffs so far. And that's all we got. I appreciate you coming on, coach.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You definitely do know, Ball.
0: Oh, man. You too. Thanks to all (laughs) the listeners out
1: there. (laughs) Yep.